Hello, friends, and Happy New Year. I hope that y'all are having a great 2024, even though we're only on day three. If you're eating like me, you might be a little exhausted from the last few weeks. Uh, if you are a consistent listener, you know that my voice normally does not sound like this. So it was a really great month of rest in December. I intentionally took time off from the podcast, um, but if you have little children, you also know that the holidays are magical, but also so exhausting, and we traveled a lot to see family, so I have been recovering from losing my voice uh, for days, so I don't know if that was like the Lord telling me I was talking too much or that I need to stop talking and just like rest and sit in silence. I'm not really sure, but we are back to 2024 and I'm afraid that he'll sustain me through this podcast. So I feel great. Don't sound great. Um, But anyways, I'm so excited to share everything that I feel like, I don't know, that the Lord wants me to share this year. I assume that a lot of new people will be listening because a lot of y'all have bought the book. And if you haven't already listened to the I Wrote a Book podcast, I would highly recommend starting there. Uh, I do try to keep the podcast pretty short and sweet, but this one I think might be a little bit longer. And when I say short and sweet, I mean like typically 10 to 15 minutes. I think that's just really easy for people to listen to on the way to work or like, you know, in between doing random cleaning tasks or whatnot at home. And it's just um, a really sustainable, I feel like, podcast to listen to by keeping it short. So Today may be a little bit longer just because I want to talk about like how I envision this being read and then also chapter one, which is in creation. So if you have already started the book, you know that it is pretty short and sweet. I personally love that. Um, I think the vision behind why I wrote it the way that I did as far as the structure is that I'm a really busy mom and even if you're not a mom, you're busy. I know a lot of people like at the end of the year, they've been sharing how many books they read and all that. And if you are a reader and you read tons of book, books, like kudos to you. Um, that is not something I do. I read a lot of the Bible and I need to get better at reading a lot of books. But if you have little children or you're really busy, you know, with work or whatnot, and there's not a lot of free time, it's really difficult to sit down and like read. Um, and so the reason why I did that is because I've been part of a few book clubs, I guess you could say, or Bible studies where we've read a book. And the ones where I felt like the most, like I enjoyed myself the most and the least pressure, I guess, to perform in those Bible studies or the least pressure to like show up as a version of myself that I'm not, are the ones where the readings were one, enjoyable and not super long. Because if they were really long, then I just like, oh my gosh, when am I going to find time to do this? Even though I could definitely find time to do it. It's just like that you know, pressure to find time that I don't know created just like unnecessary stress for me. So um, love for moms to read this or even just like young women who are busy to read it. And it shouldn't be something that creates a lot of pressure in your life. Along with that, I personally love like reading scripture, but also kind of bringing a dose of like real life and what's happening in your life to it. And then also asking pointed questions in a group. So if you know me, you know I'm the oversharer. I'm the one who spills my guts. And while that is really, I would say, natural for me, it's also really exhausting for someone like me who spills my guts to spill my guts consistently and no one else say anything. Because it feels like I'm the only one who has the mess and you don't have any mess. And then I feel even more isolated and alone in a group of people. The reason I share that is because 
I think that's really important, right? Like I've been in studies where people are like, oh, I love to hear you share. And then I don't feel like they share a lot. And that's fine. But it sometimes makes me feel a little bit isolated. I can't speak for those who don't share. Um, but I would say like, they probably have feelings too of like why they don't share, but I just share my perspective because I think it's really important that if you're in some sort of like study and community and you're going through this is like, you're supposed to share life together. It's not supposed to be one person sharing. It's not supposed to be no one sharing. Um, it's, it's supposed to be a mutual sharing of life together, a mutual community. And I think if you're sitting and you're doing this study together and you're actually answering the questions, I really do believe that if I did this study with a group of women for 12 weeks straight, that I would know them much more deeply after doing the study with them. And as I have kind of like been in my motherhood era, this year will mark four years of that. I've really realized it's really hard to build deep friendships after becoming a mom because I just don't have as much time. And research shows you need to spend 200 hours of quality time with someone to have a good friendship with them. And if you have kids and you're spending time with someone with your kids, that is not good quality time. I'm going to be honest with you because your kid is over here trying to like, I don't know, pull down a bookshelf and you're like, hey, okay, let's hold that thought. And then we're running here and back and forth. And there's just never, the conversation can't flow because there's constant breaks in conversation. So the reason I share that is, I've found over the last few years, I'm having the same conversations with people I had two years ago, and we're not going anywhere. And it's not because I don't like them and they don't like me. It's because we're not building on the conversations. We're not asking the intentional questions that we need to be asking with the limited time that we have. And so that is why these questions are so important, especially if you're doing this within a group of you know, women or a group of community. It's really important to answer those questions because through that, you're naturally going to get to know those women. And if you are having very limited time with people, you're not naturally going to get to the deep things in life, right? Like no friendship starts off, well, most friendships don't start off like immediately diving super deep. And that's okay because typically you have tons of time to get there. But in certain situations, like especially in my life, if you're living somewhere for a certain amount of time and there is a time crunch on how long you'll be somewhere, there is actually time where you you have a limited amount of time to get to know someone and build that deep relationship. So anyways, that's something I am super passionate about. Uh, whether you be in a situation like myself where you're moving, whether you like have lots of friends or, you know, don't have lots of deep friendships. And I have lots of wonderful friendships. Um, I have a whole chapter about that in the book. But I think it's really important to also have community that is in close proximity to you. So um, I'm not sure who that was for, but I know it was for me and maybe somebody else. Uh, I've also talked to a lot of women who don't have a life, anything like mine, and they still struggle to make friends. And so that was kind of like the purpose of having these questions at the end of the chapter. Um, and let's be real. There are, I know a lot of people that meet some of their best friends late in life. And I love that. Like, I love the fact that you don't have to limit your best friends to people that met you in elementary school. People can meet you beyond marriage, beyond motherhood, and still become your best friend. And like, what a hope that is. So anyways, I wanted to kind of give y'all the inspiration for the structure of the book, um, a little bit of background info there. And then now we can kind of dive into chapter one creation. So some of y'all may be wondering, like, what? where did you come up with like the chapters? Like, I don't understand where creation, like, why'd you start with creation? 
Well, I don't really know, y'all. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I wrote this book. I was in probably the darkest spiritual season of my entire life, which we'll get to in another chapter. But I was actually questioning the existence of God when I wrote this, and that's another story for another day. Um, I one thousand percent believe God is real. And I think creation is a really great testament to the fact that, like, God is real. And there is just no other possible way that creation could exist. Um, So I think that this honestly was inspired by the Lord. I think that I started with creation because God started with creation. Like, it's important for us to recognize that, like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth is the first verse of the Bible. So that's got to be significant, right? Like, why in the world would God start with creation? Well, because it's important and it's literally part of our daily life. So I know this chapter is really short and sweet. And I think that the words are important, but I also think it's more important for you to literally get outside for you to, you don't even have to travel, but just like get outside and experience God create God's creation. You can also experience God's creation through literally talking to other humans because they're created in the image of God. So I want to read a little bit of the scripture. I'm not going to read all of it. Obviously, the scripture reading for this chapter is Genesis 1 and Isaiah 40. But there's a couple points that I want to hit in this podcast. So in the first chapter of Genesis, one thing that I kind of like really, I think just want to like hit on is the fact that God was not in a hurry to create just like to create creation and complete creation. So I'll read a couple of verses here and kind of tell you what I'm talking about. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky and evening and morning came marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-producing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing trees, plants, with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. An evening passed, and morning came, marking the third day. So a few things like here. God could have easily created everything within one breath, honestly. Like, his power is is not limited. So I think it's fascinating that, one, he took, you know, six days to create everything, and then he rested on the seventh day. But I think it's also a good reminder that, like, God's not in a hurry. And that relates to creation. Like you'll see right now, you know, depending on where you are in the world, I'm in the winter season, like most of the trees and plants and whatnot are dormant right now. And um, to me, this is like kind of a sad season. Like I've never really liked the cold seasons of the year, but this is a purposeful season for these plants and trees and even for like the animals. And 
in a few months they're going to bloom and, and they're going to go right back to, you know, producing fruit and producing vegetation. And that's similar to, to creation in that, like, God is not in a hurry. There are seasons for a reason. And the more that I kind of studied this, I studied this a lot, actually, not a lot, but it's not like I like went into science books, but I went and looked like, why in the world do the leaves, you know, fall off? Why do they change? And obviously we learned about this in elementary school, but your girl needed a refresher. But anyways, it's all based on light. So in the winter, there's less light. And that's what causes everything to kind of fall off. That's what causes the leaves to change. As more light comes, more, you know, fruit and vegetation is produced. And I don't know. I just feel like God is so in his design of creation and, and how it points back to him, right? Like the more light we have in our life, the more of Christ we have in our life, the more fruit we produce. Like everything in creation literally points back to God. And I just think that is so cool and so unique. And even if there's someone in your life that like, think about your loved ones, like there are traits in humans, your favorite humans that point back to God. But there are also traits in people that really get on your nerves <laughs> that point back to the Lord because they are made in the image of God. And if you're really struggling with someone and you're like, this person, how in the world, like what part of them, there is no part of them that points back to the Lord. Then I challenge you to think about like what, what, what part of their personality, like where do you see, you know, Jesus and how God created that person? So Anyways, first and foremost, God is not in a hurry, um, and I would say that relates to creation, but also relates to your life. <clears throat> Lord knows that last year I was in a big hurry, and nothing was happening, or it seemed like nothing was happening, and like things happen when God wants them to happen. So I think that is really important. Also, when God says for something to happen, when he speaks, things happen. Like, it happens immediately. So... Although God's not in a hurry, when he says something's going to happen, it happens when, you know, immediately when he says so, or when he wants it to happen. As I mentioned earlier, like God can be seen in all things. So if you're not seeing him in creation, I would argue that you're, you're not looking for him or you're looking past him. And it's really easy to just like walk outside and like, listen, like use your five senses and actually try to experience the Lord through creation, which I do believe it's easier in some places than others. Like I mentioned in the book, the beach, it's very easy for me to just experience, see God. It's probably because it's, it's a place I most enjoy. But like right now, when I walk outside my house, it's like, wow, the trees are empty and there's a bunch of dead leaves on the ground. Um, but like, how can I expand my view and see that God is still in that as well, right? Um, so anyways, hope that that makes sense. Um, I want to then move on to Isaiah 40, which this is one of my favorite scriptures. I had to memorize this whole chapter in the seventh grade. And it's just something that is like literally stuck with me. So let's start in verse 12. It says, and this is actually the um, verse of reflection this week too. I'm reading it from the New Living Translation, but in the book it is the ESV translation says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? So that's the verse of reflection. I'm going to continue reading. 
Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as if it were a grain of sand. Well, that is insane. Like, that is just insane to think about how big our God is, that the the earth is like a grain of sand for him. Then later it says, like, that, you know, he looks down. Uh, it said, God sits above the circle of the earth, that people below him seem like grasshoppers to him. When I read something like that, I'm like, God, why do we even matter? Then? Like, if we're so small, why do we matter? But, like, that's not the point. Like, I'm looking at it from this kind of, like, glass half-empty viewpoint, but it's like, we're so small, yet we still matter. Like, God made us in his own image. He made us to glorify him. Everything in creation exists. And the other thing is, I've become so passionate over this last year because I question my own belief in God and the existence of God. I've become so passionate about, like, really proclaiming God's existence and the fact that God is real. And... You know, I, I talk about this, about conception and pregnancy. Like, to me, those are prime examples that God is real. But also, if you just go and look and, and research random things, if you go to the zoo, I went to the zoo like two weeks ago, and I was walking with my friend, and we're just like, wow, isn't this so crazy that God just made all of these different animals? Like, it's just crazy how many different species he made. It's also crazy, like... There are various, you know, mating methods for, I recently saw this on social media. It's going to be like, this is so random. Why are you saying this? But like, I go look it up, literally talking about this puffer fish and they create this crazy intricate design on the ocean floors as like a mating technique to attract the female puffer fish to fertilize the eggs in the middle of this like intricate design on the bottom of the ocean. And um, scuba divers saw it and they were like, what is this? Like, is this like an ancient ruins and it's not it's literally a little puffer fish that goes and makes this intricate design for mating and I showed it to my husband because I thought it was so fascinating and he was like wow like how do people not believe that God is real like in no world does that make sense for a puffer fish to create this crazy intricate like somewhat bohemian rug design on the bottom of the ocean floor just to do mating like that makes no sense from an evolutional standpoint so, if you don't believe in God, listen, I'm not asking you to come to know Jesus today. I'm just, I'm just really challenging you. It takes a lot more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Like, it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. I'll just say that right now. And I'm going to close on this, and this is not how I expected this to go, but, you know, I asked for the Spirit to lead, and, and He's leading I told my friend probably a week ago, because not many people know how, how dark 2023 was for me. A few people do, but not many people do. And I was like, you know, this year's been tough. Like, I really questioned the existence of God. And there were days where I started to kind of like question, okay, what's my life going to look like if I don't believe in God? Because it feels like my whole life before this is going to be a lie. So what does life look like without God? And she's like, wow, that's kind of dark. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really dark. And I told my husband that because I don't even know that I'd really told him that I had started kind of like thinking about life without God for me. 
Because I was really at a point where I was like, okay, I don't know if God's real anymore. And I'm not really sure why God allowed that to happen to me um, or why he put me through that. But I'll share the, the things that my husband asked me and the answers to those because I think those are the real big kind of like keys to all of this. He said, what did life look like without God when you envisioned it? And I said, it looked hopeless. Looked absolutely hopeless. And then um, the next thing he asked is, do you think you'll ever question the existence of God again? And I said, no. And to me, creation is so important because it's literally a physical representation of God's existence. And without the existence of God, this life is hopeless. Like, legitimately, this life is hopeless without God. There's no other way to put it. And so, I know there's a whole chapter on hopelessness, but for some reason, I really just want to start with the fact that, like, believing in God is essential. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, like, you ain't got to get there yet. We can, You can get there later. But, like, believing that there is a God is the first step to you having hope in your life. Now, Jesus is the author, and Jesus is is hope. But, like, I need you to believe in God before you believe in Jesus. Jesus is God, and, like, you'll, you will come to know that. But I'm just going to end with, like, creation is a perfect example that, like, it takes a lot more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God and to believe that God is real. So that is not at all how I expected this podcast to go. That is not really what I had planned. I had literally written out some notes, y'all. Um, if you know me, I typically prepare for things. But God really has shown me in the last year that <laughs> as much as I prepare for things, like his will and his plan is what is going to happen and not necessarily my plan. So this is a perfect example of that. And I'm just so thankful that you're here. I'm th- so thankful for those of y'all who have who bought the book. Like, it honestly, is like super humbling for me that you would even buy this book and, and read what I have to say or what I feel like God is saying through me. So first and foremost, thank you. And I am so excited to dive into the next few chapters with y'all. I'm excited for kind of like my personality to come out a lot more in the podcast. I think last year I was in such a a really fragile state to where... I was just very broken, um, and in some ways that was good for me to stay humble, but I feel like the Lord kind of wants me to feel a little bit more free this year to show you my personality and show you that, like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I'm also a human, and I like to have fun, and <laughs> I'm also a sinner. Um, so next week is all about sin, and I'm super excited about that chapter just because, whoo, your girl needs all the grace, and... I just think that the fact that we're all sinners makes us really relatable to each other and also points us back to our deep major for Jesus. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are having a fabulous 2024. And my challenge to you this week is to go outside, look outside your window, go get a bird feeder yourself. I know you may feel like super old if you do that, but I'm telling you, it has become such a source of joy in our home. Um, and I'm just so excited for you to experience God through creation and for him to exceed your expectations through creation this year.